You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, Sid Talk. Welcome. We're having a nice cup of tea. How many listeners <laughs> do you think drink cups of tea? You're having a cup of tea while I'm sitting here fanning myself because yeah. it's freaking warm. If you're British, you probably, almost probably drink cups of tea. If you're American, you probably don't drink tea as much as you drink coffee. I think coffee's your uh, main... Yeah, but if you're British, that probably means you love fish and chips. Is that accurate? I like the chips. You don't like the fish. So I think that your scientific research might be a little bit off. If you're an uh, American and you love drinking tea, and I don't, I'm not talking about your American icy tea and stuff. I'm talking about a cup of tea, a real cup of tea. What do you mean? Oh my god. Do you want to start this conversation? With a... Real cup of tea. A cup of uh, PG Tips or Tetley or Yorkshire tea with uh, one sugar or two sugars if you want a lot of sugar and some milk. Now not everybody in Britain uses sugar. And so, and but so, most people do use milk. Yeah. From my experience. So um, if you drink a cup of tea like that... Is this the before the after the show discussion? Yeah, no, we I weren't actually... I drinking my cup of tea and I was thinking about it. <laughs> um, if you drink a cup of tea like that... Let me know. Look at us both taking a drink, and it's 85 degrees in here. <laughs> and we're talking about hot tea. Hot. We're not talking about iced tea. I still don't know if it's the myth, but hot drinks are supposed to be better when you're hot. When you're hot. I think it's real. I think it's mental, because then you're in, by contrast, you just feel cooler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, enough of the beverage, beverage weekly. <laughs> it, it will be Saturday, uh, the weekend of Saturday, June the 4th, and this is after the show number 430. The movie we're looking at this week is 13 Hours. What's the actual uh, subtitle underneath there? The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Right, but known as 13 Hours, but it does have a little subtitle. It's a 2016 movie. It's released on Blu-ray this upcoming Tuesday, June the 7th. You can pick it up. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Paramount. And Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. I think the title tells you what it is. It is about the hours of the surge on the Benghazi. It wasn't technically a consulate, but um, where the ambassador was. This is a real life compound. story from. No, it wasn't a compound. It's a real life story from 2012. Real life, real life. What was it if it's not a compound? That wasn't a compound. The other the place f- was the compound. Yeah, that's. Where he was, wasn't. Right. Well, it's, it's a siege on two places. It was like a temporary. Actually consulate but not a consulate so that's where a lot of the controversy came from apparently but that's all it's what this is what it's about the the security forces who are hired now a lot of people don't even realize that in the world in the whole of the world that american forces and other british ex-marines ex-navy ex-sas and our ex-army and everybody they've been in the service for a long time they leave the service and then they are contracted out by these big, huge companies PMC. paid for by the governments of different countries. You know, a different country, Iraq might hire, this company might work with Iraq and hire a bunch of American ex-military to come and be security for a place or for an event. And it's like things you don't know about in the world because you just think, well, soldiers are soldiers. They go by the government's order or whatever. But these are some people who are, it's like they... They're special, 
but they're ex-military, but they're just, not just, but I mean, they are now assigned with security duty as it is. Yeah, However, a job for their me. actual job is to be full military, but with all the bullshit politics of everything and bureaucracy, they're called something different. But these are the people who, I mean, they fight the war for you. If you are in a situation, regardless of what their status is in the military, that's what they're there for. And that's what this is about those men who were there on that particular night and sort of on the ground uh, perspective from their point of view. Yeah. So that's the synopsis. Uh, you even, you know, I don't follow the news that closely, but even I was familiar, familiar, not fully, but knew about this incident. And I knew they was making a film about it. So, um... The controversy about this film being made about it was the director, Michael Bay, is making it. And previously, Michael Bay, people think, Pearl Harbor's a a good example, is a exploitive action type filmmaker who wouldn't do justice to any real event uh, in any way, rather than make it a spectacle. Um, So I went in thinking, I'm a fan of Michael Bay, I always have been. Like, Like Zack Snyder... I think Michael Bay gets a bad rap. Um, people say he's like he makes really dumb movies. He's only about explosions. It's not true if you go back and watch his movies. Yes, he does like to have action sequences and explosions, and he does make big popcorny type movies. But this isn't that type of movie at all. And I was quite surprised. Yes, and I said to you, it works on two levels. This movie, one, it's a good telling of these these men's stories from this from the uh, perspective of the men themselves. never forget it's a hollywood telling right true. So no matter how much they like but it, based on the book on some the- of the real men were actually on the set advising and it does even that we are human and we are flawed when we are retelling a tale we are always telling it from our own point of view always it doesn't matter how fair you think you are how reasonable you think you are or how how fucking terrible situation was you're only telling it from your point of view and from the people that are closest to you in that situation so you have to remember that and from that point of view it feels like you're getting the truth from their point of view and the second perspective this movie pulls off is what michael bay is good at which is an action movie because if you like military action this is based on real life events but as a movie this as top-of-the-line military action. I was convinced military things were happening. Yeah. It feels very real. It's visceral and, and, and gory at times, and it's dangerous. It feels very dangerous, this whole movie. The, it, from the beginning, yes. where he steps off the plane, and he, he, they're just driving to where they're going, and it gets dangerous immediately. And it's just always dangerous. I'm always like, don't trust that guy. Oh, you know, when a guy steps out and says, I'm here to help you. No, don't trust that guy. You yeah, don't know who he is. Yeah, it like. doesn't matter what situation you're in. This makes it more difficult because we're unfamiliar with, you know, who's... It's not clear. I, I suppose in any war-torn place, it's not going to be clear who's your friend and who isn't your friend. And you can't look at it like black and white. Oh, there's those people who look like they're from here, so they're the enemy. Because that's not, not how it works. Yeah, right. right. It, and that's not how it would work anywhere. Because I don't care if you're walking down the street of New York City and you see a bunch of blonde, Aryan-looking, quote-unquote, American people and thinking, well, they must be fine. Because you don't know. Anybody can be anything. And so in this situation, I felt threatened. And 
like this deep and I don't I don't have a deep sense of uh, like sympathy with a lot of people or compassion a lot of times or identify really I feel like you know on any certain any kind of level but all of a sudden I realize even in in this situation if you are uh, a law enforcement officer in any city of any kind or let's say you're a law enforcement officer and you're in a rural area and you're called out to some big something's going down and you get out of your vehicle and every you can't tell who's what your life is in danger right from the minute you step off the air helicopter step out of the car if you're in law enforcement or military how does your mind how does a human mind work that with that when you're you know that's what i was thinking about like in that situation where it's crazy like even when they're just driving down the street yeah. and they're surrounded by different kinds of people how does your everyone has to wing it a little bit not nobody can ever know really all you can do is be trained on how to react if the shit hits the fan that's kind of it right but you have to trust the littlest things the tiniest little gestures and looks and and if you get the vibe off of somebody that they're wanting to kill you or they're they're your friend i mean that's what i identified with not myself having to deal having dealt with it but the realization that in a war situation or any kind of law enforcement or policing it seems like an impossible thing to ask of a person right like impossible and that is that kind of set the tone for the rest of the movie because that's right off the bat. As soon as they get in that car or on that street in the first ten minutes, I'm there. I'm like, wow, just thinking about that. Because what we're talking about in real life was it was a what happened there was it was they'd taken the government down, so it was um, like the Libyan government didn't exist at that time. Gaddafi had been yeah, Gaddafi yeah had been ousted and all that kind of stuff. So they were very huge. Little- so the danger was all the military that used to exist is all broken down. Right, all the weapons that they had, bazookas, tanks, everything, were just there seized by all kinds of people. so so groups started to take them. And then what happens in that situation is it gets unlevel the country and then it's just people killing people in the streets we've seen it happen many times throughout so being there was very dangerous for anybody especially american sounds very dangerous and when he steps off the plane as an american and when he's walking off the plane at the beginning and you know it's clear people oh that's an american that's an american (laughs) could be british could be British. It could be Australian. But still. I'm not separating even people. I'm he, just saying. Even he, you could see it in his face. He was walking with a lot of non-American people. It seemed like only him was an American. And I could see it on his face of like, there's people looking at him very weird. I just got to steady. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just got to be calm. It's a weird thing, isn't it? That in the world of humans, there's eight billion of us almost, right? That there is an understanding. Either that we fabricated it. Or it's real. I think it's fabricated. This notion of separation by nationality or yeah. by ideology. Now, we're separated, yes. Because this movie and this story and sort of the shit that goes on with it all, that kind of tells you, like, ideas can just rip us all apart. That's what we do all the time. But the idea that if I were to get off an airplane, right, in this city... With no cover on my head and just wearing the clothes I'm wearing right now, with the kind of 
arrogant-ish attitude that I have. People have told me I have sort of a bitchy look on my face and I walk a little bit like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just the way I am. But it would, I, I would I'd be identified immediately yeah. by a lot of people of various different nationalities and different races as an American. And even, now this is funny, because I went to Germany a few years ago with my mother. And the lady we were with, German, right? Just a German lady. Told my mother as we were, as I was walking in the distance, and I had like on one of my kind of weird skirts and my tennis shoes and a jacket that's just really plain, like a Nike, like a hoodie jacket that zips up the front, right? Just but old, kind of tattered. My hair was up in a ponytail, and I had my old um, purse slung over my shoulder. And she told my mother that I shouldn't go out like that because I look too American. That when I travel in well, the world, because she I thought Germans hate Americans and they were going to kill you. I don't even know. Because Germans but have no. My mom was like, "Why would she say that? That's what she said." I don't get she that. She said either. to her, she took her aside and said, "Now, Sandra, she just looks very American. Far, she should be very careful when as she's As far alone. as I know, Germans have, don't have a grudge against Americans. <laughs> well, she's saying out in the world. If I'm <laughs> traveling in the world, but I just thought, how does? I mean, how, you did help, you know, in the World War, but. <laughs> I don't think that still lasts. <laughs> I didn't help anybody. No. I personally had nothing to do with any uh, physical wars of what they got. But it's a thing that this movie brings to my mind of the whole time. Yeah, it's a this dangerous thing. feeling. Yeah, and um, that you are a target without any... You could also be used as a weapon. Because if I go and I decide to change my ideology and I become a person who is anti-American, I'm the perfect... I'm the perfect uh, bait. I'm the perfect one because of just my looks. That's it. Well, there were parts in this movie where they were in the compound and people were just arriving, random people, this guy. And, and to me, you know, I, I, I'm very, um, I don't, I don't like to, I don't judge people. I'm not racist or anything like that. But in this situation of <laughs> having been having said that, in this situation of danger, which is what they're in, and even this soldier, you could see it running through his mind. People run up who look like the enemy, and they say, "We're here to help you. We're here to help you." And what I'm, does the I, enemy look like? That's the problem. And I was like, with um, that statement. I was like, instantly. Well, they look like people from this country who could possibly have it in for you, right? So, because this country is kind of undermanned at the moment, it's not. Nobody's in charge of it, so everybody's an enemy as far as a soldier is concerned. Looking at it, but they're not. So That's these the people problem. run up and say, "We're here to help you. We're here to help you," and they are actually here to help you. But you don't know. But. Like the guy was saying at the beginning, he, he kept saying, what is this? Who are you? Like, what? You know, and there's one guy who comes up who's actually really helping here to them. Help you. Yeah. He's helping them. And then he's on his cell phone and he said, I found out from the ones who are attacking you something. He goes, how do you know them? And you're he on goes, the phone to the bad goes, guys? I'm a good guy, but, and he shrugged his shoulder, he goes, but I know the bad guys. Yeah. And he's on the phone to them. So I, I them, like it yeah. was, like it was, um, now, what I liked about this film... and my I feel like that was one of the biggest vibes that he was trying to get across. Was this sense of hopelessness, really? Yeah, a little like bit of hopelessness. And that these people are put in a situation that is... And now without even, enough intelligence, you are fucked, basically. Yeah, and now even, like, these people are Americans, and everybody thinks, well, America, they'll just bomb from the sky. And that is not the case. They, they was, it wasn't available to them. Well, even they wished it was, but it wasn't. It was like, political. Yeah. Why it wasn't? So it mm. wasn't that it wasn't. It was just like all other bureaucracies with bullshit excuses. It was debatable. So, as far as the film, what I really liked about this film, I I don't care what anybody says. I love how Michael Bay films look. There's a very certain look. He's. I said to you, 
every shot looks expensive to me. Like, like it, it's very full. Yeah, very yeah. high um, and everything looks like it, attention to detail. You know, nothing's throwaway. It's all very precise, and well, you can see from watching him on the set. I love that about the film, and I thought this was his best-looking film. Yeah, I think it looks really awesome. It's it's very visceral, especially during the fighting scenes, and like he said, they use drones and different camera techniques and stuff. It's really scary feeling, like you're right in it, in the middle of it with people. But it's not first-person footage. It's just, like, intense. Um, so I love that about this movie. I don't think... I've read some comments there that, oh, this is just another Michael Bay film with, like, explosions and stuff. Yes, it does have explosions, but... I mean, the real event had the real event had people firing rockets at them. So rockets are explosions. Bombs are explosions. Um, It's not glamorized. It's not like, oh, look how cool war is. Never in this movie. It kind of romanticizes the idea of being a hero, maybe. Um, that thing of the and and this was said in this movie, and it was said in the last movie that we watched, if you recall, not in the last one. Triple nine. Not in triple line in um finest hours. Finest hours. Either this time he in the in that one it was we all die or we all live, and this one it was either they all die or we all die, and right. that's it. And I think that that raises up something in a lot of people, like yeah, yeah, fuck all of them, and that can be misinterpreted as glamorizing it or romanticizing this idea of defending homeland and country and all that, when in fact these guys were simply. Not as it as in is simple, but I mean, bottom line was, they had to stay alive and they had to keep alive all the people that were there, and they knew they were the most trained and the most capable, and the most charged with that responsibility at that moment. And I think that you can miss it by saying like, yeah, they were just out to kill a bunch of the enemy. Well, when fired upon, you fire back, right? I mean, that would be my philosophy if I'm in a war or time situation. I wouldn't turn around and run away. And I wouldn't let everybody else die. So I think that can seem a little bit glorified. But I don't know how you can tell a story like that without it. Not you know? a true, not a true story. Yeah, because um, if that's real, that's real. That's what happened. Um, yeah. What I w- the other thing I really liked about this movie was um, because it's two and a half hours long, it's not super rushed. Like the first half an hour, you actually get to know the men a little bit. Other movies, you wouldn't get to know them hardly at all. You'd get to know them in the field. You'd be like, oh, he's the guy who plays a video game, or he's the guy who loves his wife, or, you know, like that. We got that. Yeah, in this movie, you really get that, which is cool. Like, in other movies, they often leave it to just chatter on the battlefield. Oh, you know, you're missing your wife. Or With this, you actually see them just doing their everyday, day-to-day stuff at the beginning. Weight training, one guy's into the weight training, one guy's just a goof. Oh, I think they're all into the weight training. <laughs> one guy's a goof who's just dancing with his one flashlights. One guy's a philosopher. One guy's a philosopher. Yeah, you get to see them all. You but it to, doesn't two-dimensionalize them. No, you get to talk, uh, like, you see them talking to the families on Skype, so you just get to, you care about them. Like, some movies, you, I don't know. What one. that's all about is you you are attaching yourself to at least one of the attributes of at least one of them or all of them. All of them them. for me. That you would identify with having someone that you love. You would identify with just being a dude doing a job. You'd identify with someone who's trying to think about the whole of the And this is not bogus like Hollywood filmmaking or we give them all a trope. 
No, because this was what these their guys personality. were. personality, yeah. One guy was a video gamer, one guy was... They were what they were, like, But, so. as soon as the shit hits the fan, there is no personalities. No, It's not like Armageddon, where everybody yeah. still is that caricature of who they are. It's all... They're all Serious, the same. Yeah. 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 Um, so I like that, that it took half an hour at the beginning to establish what was going on, because politically it's a complicated scenario that's going on. They did it really well. Like, in the first... Did you notice, like, in the first minute of the film and it's just text on the screen and real life footage it builds the picture of what's going on so if you were unfamiliar with this event that would help you uh it's really well done it's like just te- lines of text it, it, it talks yeah. you through this is what was happening so was, and this is how it got to this and then you know you, you see this real footage of like really like some graphic footage there in those opening scenes but it establishes it all and then you get to explore these characters for 30 minutes until... And you can feel this coming, like, yeah, the foreboding kind of doom that you can feel. That everyone knows is going to happen, because that's but what the movie's about. But you can feel it, yeah. it. The way it's done in the movie, it keeps showing you the time of day in the corner, and, like, moving on. it moves on an hour every now and then. Because it's 13 hours. But the music starts to <laughs> swell more. And then you're like, oh shit, like, it's about to happen. Like You can just feel it all come in. And I think it's really well done, that. And then when it gets into the action, which is literally two hours of action almost, it doesn't really slow down once you start getting attacked. But they it get, doesn't feel overwhelming because I, like, I don't really care about action scenes. They get attacked in waves, it, though, so yeah. there are like moments of talk, you know. I felt like I understood better. Don't get me wrong, I'm not bigging myself up. I'm saying I understood a tiny 2% better. Like, you know, we see lots of sign, sound bites on the news of quote-unquote real events, and then we see movies about things, and we there's in-between is the truth. And none of us, you and I, will never be there. We'll mm. never... But to understand just a little bit more of the tactical thing about... You think... You know, when I think of these of different parts of the world where we've been told by the news, you know, 75 people died on a suicide bomb today, seven... U.S. troops were killed today on this, blah, 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 and that's it. That's all you hear, like a little blurb, and they were on their way to this city, and this city's been taken over by whatever. You don't really grasp the the enemy of the of our peoples, what they're doing. Now, in this, you get, first, they start trolling around. They're just kind of, like, send in their first wave, right? They're pawns. They yeah, send in a bunch of dudes. Because they know you have to give credit where credit is due they understand warfare just like we do and that's unfortunate because that tells you something that tells you they send in people as like meat to the meat grinder right and then they're going to send in they're going to see what that does how does that weaken you how what do we find out from that we're going to find out where their guys are what they got what their firepower is blah 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 and then the next wave comes hours later and it's like a different tactic you know then they bring in the rocket and then in the final wave it's like oh my god they're gonna bring in a massive bomb you know so i never really have thought about that before to me it's always just a bunch of random rebels or random isis or random people who are fighting for what they think is right or wrong in their position but never seems organized or with purpose or anything. They're just... I just want to be like, why are you being fucking idiots, right? And then you have to realize, if you sat at either of the war tables on our... Well, I'm playing this out as if we're us against them, but I'm just saying, if your side has a war table and you're discussing your tactics and you were to be a fly on the wall on their side, you're going to hear the same stuff. And that kind of shone a light on it for me, too, that 
you're not up against just a bunch of like radical dudes who found guns laying around in the streets. Some of them might be, but in fact, all these places have human beings, grown men who have thought about it for many years, who have already been in the military, law enforcement. They've got a cause they think is worthy of all of this, and they're just as organized. It's just in a different way than us, and that also made it more scary. Yeah, I don't know what the actual numbers are in this movie, but the six guys who... They took out a lot of bad guys, those six guys. Like, Probably in that Benghazi report. It was almost like, watching it, it was almost like watching a video game, where it's like, that's improbable, nobody could do that. Like, nobody, no six men could take out this, but... Obviously, it does happen again, in real that's, life. And again, you'd have to read it in a real report and get real numbers from actual it people It seemed like hundreds of men they took. Oh, it wasn't hundreds, I don't think. Maybe All, all together, I would say. Maybe a hundred. But, um, well, a hundred yeah. and six men. It's like, it, improbable. Like, when you watch an action movie or a video game and you see a guy take out a whole army and you're like, whoa, a Rambo, for instance. But we like, don't know that because we're only seeing a Hollywood version. Right. There could have been ten. There could have been a thousand. Right? We don't know. Well, I think... We're only going by what we we're We do know because there are facts, right? We don't know the facts, though. Did you look it up? I didn't look it up. I so went, we don't know. No. It's... I, I wasn't there to count the bodies. how many dead bodies there was, no. Plus, who's ever going to tell you? The other... The people on the other side of that wall are so going to really, exaggerate in, the in reality, it could be just one guy. But the... I don't think that. I'm just saying the people on that side who lost all of their brothers and sons and fathers and, and cousins and whatnot, uh, they're going to exaggerate the number. Because that makes you sound like a bigger asshole. And we might exaggerate the number because we want to make it sound like we were really under attack. Or there's the reality, which is vague. Because we don't, we can't tell from the movie. You know, you see maybe 20 to 30 actual... And then the whole of it. You see the field afterwards. There's a lot of dead bodies. But we don't know. So I think that's one of those things you have to remember as you're watching a movie. But it seemed like superheroes. That is, not, was, yeah, exactly. And I was like, wow, you know, they're holding this up for a long time, like, but thirteen hours. But it, but it actually happens in real yeah. life. Um, even if there was only thirteen guys coming at them, let's say a guy an hour. <laughs> Still, there's six guys against thirteen guys. Is is these soldiers are like hardcore, you know, like. And oh, they're hardcore anyway. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, don't take this as a documentary. There isn't a fa- there isn't a camera on the ground for real counting bodies. Only the drone knows how many bodies were there, and they're not going to tell us. And the people who had to go and bury their sons and fathers and whatnot, they're the ones who know. But we're not going to know because we're just watching a movie. But what I liked, uh, the things I liked, uh, I'll just reference them off, was the look of this film is awesome. It sounds really good too. Like Michael Bay is like, obviously an expert at doing action. And it really shows here, too. And, he knows uh, what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I like that it was two and a half hours. The original cut was four hours, I was just <laughs> reading. Uh, maybe a director's cut will fall, eventually will come out with all of it, but two and a half hours is good because it really gets you to know the characters instead of rushing straight into the action and just kind of like, oh, it's a soldier movie. Yeah, it really gets to know them. And like you said, the the entirety of the of the standoff is drawn out. So it's not just like the last 10 minutes of the no, movie it where it's, it's like, dun, too, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's... He, one comment is even about, I'm sick of this Benghazi Alamo bullshit. Yeah. Like, so you get the idea. It's very exhausting. It's over a long period. Plus, they've been up already a whole day before and now they're up again and I think he does a good job of pulling that out. Yeah, so, you know, all the people who think Michael Bay can't make an interesting film based on a true thing... I think they should give this a chance. You know, some people won't give it a chance because of who, who made it. 
Or they'll think he's insulting, going to insult the... Yeah. yeah, and yeah, Pearl Harbor is slightly insulting, I think. Very. It's an action movie with Pearl Harbor as the setting instead of it being respectful Maybe he'll to... redo it someday. Yeah, I think what Pearl Harbor, the mistake was, he tried to make it like Titanic with this love story. And the love story and everything was first and foremost, and then the visuals were like just this big... Yeah, but what should have been first and foremost were the actual human That's beings. That's what I mean. The yeah. Re- and it wasn't. They None were just of the made visuals should have mattered. Yeah. None of that should have no, mattered. No, that's what I'm saying, exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Um, that the way he made that movie was, it was just this big glamorous... It, it glamorized a, a horrible thing. <laughs> like it, it was like, oh, look at this visual spectacular thing. And I think what it, where he's grown as like a person and a storyteller, if you can put it to it that way, is that in this one, you come away, if, you're, if you think about things enough... You don't walk away going like, oh, I want to go kill everybody no, anti No, it's not that, is it? You want to defend, you know, the ideas that you think, that you, whatever, whatever we think of, right, as a lifestyle. I mean, it makes, it makes you kind of... It made, but it doesn't make you hate all of Libya. It doesn't hate... doesn't mean anyway. It doesn't make me go, oh my god, all those people are just terrible. Because it's obvious that there has to be people who live there. And he portrays this. There are people in a car with a family and people watching their football game or soccer game on a Tuesday night and they're kind of oblivious to what's going on. They just want to live. They just want to live their life. Just like you and I. So if something horrible militarily would happen right here in our neighborhood, I don't... All we want to just just be like, dudes, we just want to watch our movie and I want to go to work and I want to eat some food. And get old and then die. Like, well, why um, do you want to fuck with everything, you know? Well, I think that's how there there are human beings in Libya. That's the, I, I think he did a good job of portraying that as well. Whereas in Pearl Harbor, it's all about... dun da 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 Don't attack America. <laughs> we will kill everybody, you and, know? And I want a movie that's like Titanic. Big. Felt like that, yeah. yeah. And it really did feel like that. But um, what I th- think about... What made me think about this movie was... When there are, doesn't even matter if it's Americans, British, whoever, and they need help from the government, red tape should be immediately cut through. When it's lives on the line. Yeah. And that's what's happening in this movie. There's red tape going on, which stops, which puts them in this situation all night. Originally put them in the situation to begin with. It sounds like from everything I have cobbled together. It is a red tape story. It's a... You don't see all that, but if you go and read the news headlines, you'll read about that. And all that is taking place while they're like, somebody come and help us, But Hello. that can't be the only time it's ever happened. No, I mean, it probably happens all the time, but it shouldn't. Because if, when you take your military people on, and you, you say, you know, you can fight for your country, well, then you should have their backs at all times as well, if they need it. Yeah, but that's easy to say. It is, but it's if it's just red do. tape that's that can be cut through as you know it always can be cut through and then go and do what you need to do for them and it just doesn't and people's lives are like there that's the that's what this makes me think about this to me was his message yeah was that from the very beginning because we understand very 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 early on that this ambassador at this particular location has not been given enough security to begin with because of decisions by politicians in, in Washington, because it's all numbers on pieces of paper. And so they have, you know, idiot, idiot, idiocracy, <laughs> not idiot, like stupidly 
dismissed whatever this thing was. This little, con- it's not a consulate, like I said, but it's like, oh, you know, they're low on the totem pole or whatever. And that is where the problem started. And that's yeah. why the whole controversy I- is about and the whole Hillary Clinton thing is about is that, you know, it never should have ever been put in that position to begin with. And then you see all the little details, you know, that come after that. So that's what this story is about shedding light on that but it doesn't try and be a political movie no I think he summed it up though yeah. Krasinski when he said I wouldn't want my daughters to grow up thinking my dad died in a country he cared nothing about doing something he didn't didn't mean yeah. anything and he didn't have to be there yeah because he questions himself the, that his character throughout the movie yeah. questions why am I here and not with my family like what keeps bringing me back to this? It's the worst thing ever. Why am I doing right. it? And that's a story throughout all sorts of And the other character so. says, he says, you know, in the beginning, I had a I had a cause. Yeah. Now, I think when you are a young man and you join the armed forces and then you're sent out on a tour of duty to a place with actual warfare going on where yeah. there are your people in danger and other and citizens in danger and you're actively trying to actually protect and defend something that that must be different in your mind than this person who did not need to be in the ambassador didn't need to be in Libya no. it was all political right so everyone that surrounded that situation was only doing it because of politics there was nothing to defend nothing to fight for nothing the ambassador there was really a showpiece just like oh we're no i think he had not. a cause actually well, i think he is a shake a hand like a yeah, but Look I think he guy. had a mission himself. Right. Personally, I think he felt... I don't know. Only what I've seen and what I've read. That it was actually... You know, we made, need to make the world relations better. Yeah, I'm saying, but he also... But the thing was, there was nothing active going on there to be defending or anything. So, then you would feel like, what is the point? I died here for nothing. It would, you, you know, you might think that in your last moment, so... So this movie's cast is headed up by John Krasinski. He plays Jack Silver. The, um, you'll know him from The Office. Away We Go, which is an excellent movie. Um, what did you think of him? Really good. See, I don't actually... I said to you before, if I was casting an action movie and I was thinking of lead roles, he wouldn't even cross my mind. I don't know. I'd just see him as like a comedy guy. But then when I see him in this role, holy shit. We saw him as something else serious before. At least once. I don't remember what it was, but... Yeah, um, I don't either. But um, when he... I think he gives like somebody like Matt Damon a run for the money. I was like, oh, would Matt Damon be, be good in this movie? But I was like, no, because I've seen him in this kind of role so many times. I'm surprised at what this John Krasinski guy can do. Like, he's really... He, he doesn't really... He's not a funny man in this movie. The soldier he plays was not a funny man, really. I mean, he cracks a few jokes at the beginning, but he's a serious... I, I buy him as, like, a three-dimensional individual. Definitely, like definitely. He's playing this guy. He respects this real guy, and he wants to not be a goof, like, and just be I feel this like guy. he took it pretty much to heart. Yeah. Um, so but then again, he could just be a really good actor. And then a lot of the um, cast in this movie are um, people I don't know, actually. Um... You know, they're not faces I recognize at all, like oh, which I, I which I really like. Yeah, I didn't recognize. No, them. I don't know the names or anything, but I recognize them. So the the actual main guys, you've got uh, James Badge Dale as Tyrone. You got Pablo Schreiber. He's the guy I did know already as Chris. You got David Denman as Dave. 
and Dominic Fumusa as John and Max Martini as Mark. What um, did you think of the, all these guys all as a crew? Like All good. Yeah, I don't think any of them stood out as, like, oh, I don't like that guy. Everyone stood out to me as in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even the goofy moments to the serious moments, but not too serious. Not to me, like, not melodramatics were going on, really, to me. At any time, I'm pretty tuned into that. It kind of makes me roll my eyes, but I didn't feel like that at all. Yeah. It it felt... It just felt like a bunch of guys who had known each other for a long time and knew each other's ins and outs. Uh, which is hard to do, isn't it? Because when you're in a movie and you might have only ever met each other two weeks before the movie starts, to have this relationship between each other, I really felt it. Um, I also put down there's very little, very few females in this movie and there is one female who actually, she stands out. I was going to say, does she stand out because she's the only female in the movie? Or does she stand out because she's good? No, she's really good. She's like a French actress who I do not know either. Never seen her before. She's uh, Alexia Barella. And she plays Sona. What did you think of her? She was good. I Yeah, she played what is... Wasn't a lot. I mean, she just was worked for the CIA at the actual compound. She's like a... Like a secret compound, apparently. One of those people who... They do tactical research. Speaks to the locals. Yep. Tries to make involved. relationships with yeah. people to find out what's going on. and A dangerous, a very, very dangerous job. <laughs> no shit. It's all dangerous. All of it's dangerous. But, all of it. So what she's doing is that, and then, you know, she gets involved in... Well, she's actually in the compound while it all goes down, so you get to see some from her point of view. Uh, directed by Michael Bay. What can we say about Michael Bay that we haven't said? What, that you are in love with him <laughs> well like I say I, I hate that he gets a bad rap all the time people give him a really bad rap uh, they say the Transformers movies are terrible and I mean Transformers movies are really fun like they look they look awesome they're not cinematic triumphs or no anything. but they're fun like, yeah. like he makes re- he can make really good fun entertainment like the Transformers movies or Armageddon for instance or The Rock or Bad Boys even or you know Michael Bay movies are usually really fun. You know, sit down in the cinema in summer for two hours and watch this massive thing take place. That's what he does. This is a bit more than those movies. It really is. Like, it, like this and his Definitely. last... Yeah, and his last movie, which was also based on a true story, Pain and Gain, which I really loved. Which is more comical, but also another true story told very well, I thought. Because it is a bizarre true story. Um, so I think he's, as he's getting older, he's getting into a different realm of stuff. He's still making Transformers. There's another sure. one coming out this year, but I mean, he's one of those creative people that you you can't stop doing what you're doing. You he can't has a do thing, the same thing. He, like... You can't do the same thing over and over and over. Um, that guy you were just talking about, the guy before him that you said you didn't really know. Well, he was in World War Z, and he was in um, he was like the captain guy. Probably very expendable. Yeah. He was there with don't Brad remember. Pitt. And he was also... Um... World War Z, I couldn't even remember. I, don't, I, I barely remember. Brad Pitt is in it. So like, I would never remember some supporting actor. No, flight. He was the guy in the stairway. Who was <laughs> oh, that camp. guy. Yeah, like that was dr- him. Dr- uh, it says gaunt young man, but that was hospital, him. In the hospital, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still. I flight. What a good movie is yeah. that? So yeah, Michael Bay. Back to Michael Bay. He, um, <laughs> he does make some... I know most people hate him. I really do hear a lot of hate about him. But like Zack Snyder, who I also 
now he's getting so much hate. I've not seen Batman vs Superman yet. I'll tell you when I watch it if he deserves hate for it. But <laughs> have you disliked any of his movies? <laughs> Either one of them, Michael Bay or him? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Bad Boys Two. Don't know about you. Not really a fan of either one of them. I did like the first one. thought it was kind of fun. But the second one was a bit over the top, let me say. But, mo- you know, I've liked the Transformers movies. They're really dumb. They're, like, super dumb. But when you see those robots on the screen, you can't deny it. There's something about that, right? <laughs> That's what I said. The actual like, plot is dumb. Like, but the, I now think the I robots. would know what it would look like if a yeah. giant alien It's quite amazing to look at. Hit the, hit the highway and tore it up, yeah. And when I watch The Rock... It's really fun. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's totally dumb. It's dumb is deep. Out. Don't say it's dumb because he's got a good point. Yeah, but it's out okay. of control, like, very unrealistic, crazy. But it's fun. It's just, You sit and watch it and go, wow, that was really fun. So that's what Michael Bay does. But this movie is not typical Michael Bay, so I think you should give it a chance. If you hate Michael Bay, you might go, oh, well, there's loads of explosions and look at all the action. Yes, there is a lot of that. If you don't like action... Maybe you do stay away from this movie, but there is actually a message and a heart to this movie, obviously, because it's a true story. So, um, extras. I need to get the Blu-ray. I don't know why. Well, I've there was a making of sequence that was a few minutes long. That was pretty good. Just kind of filled you in on the, like, actually how they trained them and all that kind of stuff, which we always get with any sort of military. It was called For the Record, Finding the Truth Amid the Noise. Um... That was the first one we watched. Then there's Uncovering Benghazi's Secret Soldiers. Then there's Preparing for Battle Behind the Scenes of 13 Hours, which I really liked. It shows you the training that they did. It shows you them on the target range. It shows you Michael Bay a lot on the set, who is very frenetic. And I said to you, I'd probably be a bit scared of him if I was somebody... You know, if I was the guy who had to move the barrels from here to there, and he came up to me and told me to move... He seems a bit intimidating. Like, if you don't do exactly what he told and you to do... And if you don't do, know what you're supposed you to be, be doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you've got... Um, and More. Well, it's a memoriam, the And More. It's uh, Amazing Grace, the song, sang, with photographs of the real people who died. That's what the it And was. More is. Nice. And yeah. just so you know, the kind of... The philosopher guy from this movie, that you also say you probably don't remember... Yeah. He was... Remember in the first series of True Detective? Yeah. He was the guy who they saw coming out of that horrible place in like his underwear, walking in the weeds. Right, but you would he was, was he had a mask on, you would never know. He wore a mask. A, not eventually. You <laughs> not saw eventually, him eventually, yeah. Um, Just yeah. to fill you in on that. You yeah, but it felt like a bunch of people I'd not seen, which I think plays this movie's better because of that. Because it's not like, oh, there's Brad Pitt. There's, uh, it could have been a, bun- a big lineup of, there's Jason Bourne, there's Brad Pitt. Yeah, it could have been like that, couldn't it? That doesn't make it bad. No, I'm saying that that could have detracted you from this true story a little bit. But you weren't thinking all the time, that's Jim from The Office? I was not, actually. (laughs) Because he kind of uh, took it on, and I wasn't thinking of Jim from The Office. Let's be honest. In every movie he ever makes, at one point or another, he's going to look straight in the camera and do that look just for the director to be like... I don't think he did it in this one. No, not in the movie. At some point during filming. Oh, you mean... There's a joke, yeah. yeah. Like, when they've done a cut or or they're in the middle of something, might just look at the camera and go... Maybe it's just a habit now, yeah. He just does it. (laughs) No, to be funny, I mean. So, um, in conclusion, 13 hours, the secret soldiers of the Benghazi. Enlightening would be my word. I really liked it. Thoughtful. Yeah, I'd watch it again, in fact. It's that gripping. It's very gripping. Like, it's... 
I was thinking of other movies it's that... It's a little gut-wrenching when you really start thinking about it. Yeah, it is. Especially at the end, because Michael Bay really wanted to focus on, like, the tragedy of the whole thing, and there's a... They kind of epilogue it a bit at the end, where it's like them stood on the tarmac waiting for the plane and stuff. And there's a lot of shots there where you, you're like, oh, this is fucked. Like, and while the whole rest of the world does mourn, like, the ambassador, and then the other, you know, as the... The people who are being protected, and... Spoiler alert, they don't make it. I mean, that's the whole idea Not of the whole movie, in this movie right? Makes it. But that from these men's point of view, we pay more attention when their men don't make it. And so that to me is a good thing. Like, yes, we all acknowledge that the ambassador didn't make it and that's terrible and we kind of we kind of failed. However, our guts are ripped out because our friends also, you know, they weren't political puppets they were just dudes doing their job and so yeah it's a very good movie i recommend I, I always like a true story and you know you have to watch it as as a, no that's not live events that happened but if it captures the spirit of it which this does because they had the advice they had people who were really in this talking to them so they made sure it felt realistic so thank you to paramount for the blu-ray really good um, let me uh, say there's a new contest coming up on um, aschoolie.com on Monday. You can win a copy of Kill Your Friends. We're going to actually review that in a few weeks as well. So um, Kill Your Friends. Uh, win a copy on Blu-ray. Next week's Blu-ray review is Disney's Zootopia. So we're, that's very different from this week's review. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be looking at that next week. Movie recommendations. I am going based on 13 hours. Number one, Lone Survivor, which is also based on a true story starring Matt Wahlberg. That actually is one of the most visceral war things I've ever... Really, it's some guys pinned down, basically. They can't move. Um, a, a team of soldiers. Do you and mean it, a lone survivor? Well, there's, there's a few of them. Um, but it's this claustrophobic standoff between them and the bad guys, and it's And again, real. the combination of not knowing who your friends and enemies are right. and having to, I don't know, having to rely on the ethics and morals of another human being that you just don't know for sure. So that one's Lone Survivor. Uh, and the other one is Pain and Gain, which is Michael Bay's last movie, which is not like this movie. No. It's a true story about some bodybuilder-type dudes. Horrible people. And the true story is so bizarre and weird. He even says in the movie, like, it comes up with a subtitle at one point in the movie going, Remember... This part is oh this this, this is, is all true. Story, yeah. Like even like halfway through the movie or towards the end of the movie, and you're like you're watching this horrific thing happening, and you're going no. But when you go and read it, and I read all about that on Wikipedia afterwards, that that whole thing is bizarre. So yeah, pain and gain. You might just think looking at the cover, it's this bodybuilding movie. It is not that at all. It's this weird, fucked up movie, almost like something Tarantino would be into. It's fucked. Like it's weird. So, uh, Pain and Gain. I'm sure, because it's a Michael Bay movie, a lot of people missed it. So, that's my uh, recommendations. Yours are? Mine are, of course, in accordance with the 2016 rules of the game, I am listing all the movies I've ever seen or that I'm keeping track of, and I am still in the A's. <laughs> and as you said, I'm not going to get through my list by the end of this year. But, right now we are up to Apollo 13, Apollo 18. Okay, space traveling movies. Well, almost space traveling movies. Apt Pupil, 
one of those that at the time it seemed like whoa that's really dark and deep and kind of creepy but now i probably wouldn't think so what was that it was the oh was he like a skinhead he wasn't the old man was a ex nazi yeah thank you. yeah i remember that arachnophobia also one of those kind of throwaway but kind of it's super dated now it is very dated but when you watch it back then you're just like whoa i mean it's just goofy and you know uh argo funny you mention argo because it was almost my movie recommendation because 13 hours and argo have a lot they do argo is very it's not as done as gritty and Mm -mm. gutsy but it is about a story of you know people in a place that need help yeah yeah (laughs) Politically, for political reasons. Yeah. That's the thing. And then, of course, your favorite movie of all time, Armageddon. <laughs> Not my favorite movie of all time, but... It ranks up there, don't lie. And it, it is an awesome, stupid, like I say, <laughs> I don't I don't have any, oh, it's some intellectual thing. It is a dumb movie that is fun. There is a part where Steve Buscemi is riding on a missile, <laughs> like it's a rocking horse. It is insane, but cool. I like it. You think if you watch it now, you'd still think that? Yeah, we watched it. We reviewed it when it came on Blu-ray. It's a while ago. It's been a long Five time. I have now. not seen that movie in a long time. It's fun. It's really fun. It's just a... It's it's overblown, crazy sci-fi movie. It is not based on a true story. No. <laughs> Yet. Yet. It could be. <laughs> that so that's my it. recommendations. So my games and Ace Scully stuff this week. I've been playing more Doom. I'll still recommend Doom. I haven't finished with the story. Uh, it's getting really bizarre, the story. I'm actually not in on Mars anymore. I'm in hell. It's even more crazy because the monsters are huge and all of Hell's minions are out to get me. It's really scary now. I wouldn't say it's scary, actually, but it's scary when you walk around a corner and there's a load of enemies where you go, oh, those are really hard to kill. What the hell am I supposed to do here? Like, you know, so it's a really cool game. After what we just saw, you're going to sit here and claim that some stupid video game is scary for you? Yeah, get over it. Uh, And my other game I've been playing is Blizzard's new game, Overwatch. Which is a um, let me let me explain what this is. Uh, Team Fortress from back in the day, from Valve, the people who made Half Life. It was a team-based game where you all pick a different guy from different, like a tank or a, a sniper or a different, you, and you make this team of soldiers, and you're all different, and you're all one of them's a healer, one of them's a sniper, one of them's a, and you're all helping each other to take down the other side or do some objectives. Well, Blizzard, the people who make, you know, World of Warcraft and uh, Starcraft and games with the word craft in them, have made Overwatch. Not Minecraft. I know, yeah. And Overwatch is, um, I would say, 2016's version of Team Fortress from years ago. There's all these characters. I think there's 21 characters that you can choose from in this game. Almost like a fighting game when you're choosing them from the screen. You're like, wow, there's so many people that you can be. And they're all very different. There's like... Uh, my favorite one is called Mercy, and she's hasn't even got a gun. She's just a uh, healer. And you stand behind the rest of the team, and you heal them as they get hurt. And for me, that's extremely satisfying, because it feels like I'm really helping this battle, you know? Uh, so if you're the type of player who doesn't get many kills, maybe, with the guns, you can stand behind and help the team as the healer. There's several different healers in this game you can be. There's also, like, big tank-type people. There's a... Like an anime-looking girl who sits in a big robot and she like goes on the front lines and just shoots people. She's got loads of armor. There's uh, some really weird characters. There's a guy called Junkyard Dog or Junk Dog, and he is like a weird mutant guy who throws 
scrap metal on the floor and people run over it and it hurts them. Every single character in the game, and they've all got these awesome personalities, they just look awesome. Anything that Blizzard makes, they just pay attention to character design. You know immediately that these 21 characters that are in this game are probably going to be cosplayed forever. Like People are going to turn up and they'll look exactly like them. They just look awesome. And because it's a really silly game, like it's, it's not realistic in any way, it's just really fun. Everybody's got like fun lines that they say, it's really colourful. It's not dark and dingy like Doom. It's colourful and bright and cool. Um, and it's from Blizzard. They're just the coolest... Um, I've loved Blizzard games all along, StarCraft. You know, I don't really like those kind of games, what StarCraft is, but I like StarCraft, which is weird. Um, I didn't play World of Warcraft ever. I know that it's going to be good, though, but I just never played it. What's the other Blizzard game? Uh, Diablo. Awesome. Um, Hearthstone. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, and now Overwatch. So, it, yeah, Overwatch is on PC, PS4, and Xbox. Um, so, that is it for games this week. And you, uh, what is for dinner? Jimmy John's! If I got time. You've got plenty too of too freaking hot to heat up that kitchen. It's only 20 past 7. And my advice... I don't have any advice today. Couldn't think of anything. I feel like nothing I can say can add to anything in the world today. This that film doesn't, that doesn't happen for him. Advice would be watch this film. No, it's not advice. It's good advice. You can recommend to watch this film. That's not advice. That's my advice to you. It doesn't. It's not advice. It doesn't do anything for your life. Oh, it doesn't have Except to. Except for do. use up two hours. Advice. What advice is about? Are you kidding me? Okay, I'll give you some advice. Don't give stupid advice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have anything. I got nothing today. It's blank. All right, let me remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com and sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on Google Play. Just uh, go on Android, Google Play, or on the web. iTunes Music Store if you're on Apple. And uh, the RSS feed, go to aschoolie.com slash podcast. You can subscribe there. Email feedback to aschoolie.com. Don't email sidtalk. And... I was going to say stay classy Michael Bay, but most people would say there's nothing classy about Michael Bay. Dude, if you think he is, then that's fair. No, I don't... I just think he's a very good popcorn, Hollywoody movie maker. But this one is very different to that. Give it a chance. Watch it. Very nice. I'm going to say think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs>